Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount+. Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day. In the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you gotta do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Here's Frank, Scott, and Chris. Welcome into part two of our live salary cap slash auction draft that we are doing. Left off part one with Marcus Semien, who was thrown out at 25. Guess what? He goes for $1 more, 26. And Scott, you won Altuve at 30, correct? I did, yes. So would you rather have, uh, I mean, it's, yeah. you, you can't. I, I want the, if I'm spending, I want batting average. And that's okay. not something Simeon's going to get me. All right, fair enough. So, Simeon for uh, for the 26 there. Scott got Altuve at 30. Vinny P. Baby. Is up there at uh, 14. Oh, people want, people want Vinny P. They want Vinny P. And I am in at 16. Who wants Vinny P more, Frank? Yep. Me or you? Well, it's gonna a little be a bit of a bidding war here. It's gonna be you. You're gonna get him at 17. Unless hands off else the keyboard. Him. That means I'm done. You can take him for 18. Nope. All, right. All yours. And you finally get it. I'm glad I have one share of Vinny <laughs> P because it wasn't going well in the snake draft. Right. Yeah. And, and it's I, another source of batting average. Hopefully. Admittedly, I wanted him too. I had him written down for 14 or 15, Scott, and you know. A yeah. couple dollars gets passed. I'm like, all right, I'll slow it down on, yeah. on Vinny P. He's all yours. I, I I had 15 for him, too. I could justify 17, but 18, I agree with you, was yeah. more than I could do. Kevin Gosman is up to uh, 15 bucks. Chris is in. I know there's been some discussion this spring about uh, Kevin Gosman and the new, the new rules that they're kind of cracking down on box, and apparently there's a lot of movement in the way that he pitches, um, and, and he's still kind of struggling with that. I read an article about how it's something Gosman is working on throughout spring training and, and making sure he's set with, with these new rules that are, are coming into play this season. But he made another spring start on uh, Thursday. He looked fine. Chris, is this a concern of yours at all when it comes to Kevin Gosman, the, the new rules and the crackdown on box? It could be a concern. So much of performing at this level is mental, but I, I don't factor it into how I'm viewing him at all. Uh, it, it's a risk factor, but it's one that I have to imagine he'll get over. Hey, these guys are professionals, right? Same thing as Kenley Jansen with the pitch clock, right? It's ultimately, I'm not that worried uh, about Kenley Jansen. I, I think he'll be all right. Maybe early on in the season struggles a little bit with it, but, uh, I, I think he'll, he'll come around. Michael Conforto went for two. Kevin Gosman again, went for 19 and now, uh, big Pete. Not a yeah, lot I, I threw Conforto out there just because I did see today he played in the outfield for the first time, so that's a good sign as he's coming back from that shoulder surgery. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I would have been happy with him at a dollar, willing to let him go at two. And I'm pretty sure he hit a home run, Chris, either today or yesterday. Yes, he did. 
Yep. Yeah, Michael Conforto, that is. Pete Fairbanks is up to nine bucks. He's a hype guy this year, rightfully so. Awesome stuff last season, but injuries. Can he stay healthy? It was only 24 or 25 innings that Fairbanks threw last year. And of course, you have the usual Tampa Bay chicanery that, that comes with their bullpen. But if he can even get 20 saves, uh, I, I think P. Fairbanks will pay off a $9 price tag. Jake McCarthy, someone we mentioned the other day, or at least I did, as a, a bust. A player I just don't really find myself winding up with very often. Yeah, I mean, like we talked about it, I think during the bust episode, he's very team build dependent. So like, where I've got, you know, Randy Rosarena and Bo Bichette and, and Mookie Betts and Fernando Tatis don't really see a need to get Jake McCarthy, even though, you know, there's a decent chance he ends up being a pretty good buy here. Yeah, he's slowing down around eight, nine dollars. It seems even though I don't I don't like him as much this season, it seems like a pretty good price relative. And oh mm. Scotty was in at ten. Mm-hmm. Is he out at twelve? Three. Two, I'm not. one. He's not out. He's not out yet. He's back in. He's back. He's back in. <laughs> Scott is fired up for a little Jake McCarthy at 12 bucks. Sold. I liked him a lot more at 10. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Would you, you say roughly 20% more? Roughly. Yeah, about <laughs> that amount. So you, you wound up with Mullins too, right, Scott? So you're, you're, you're getting some speed. <laughs> Um, By the way, yeah, Dan, no, that's, that's, Dan just uh, admit exactly. he, he priced and forced you on it. I don't know how he knew I wanted him that much. Well, he, he's listening to this. Not that you were, not that you he knew you wanted him, but just that he he waited until the last second to to give you a little taste of your own medicine. There. I figured it was either him or Edmund. Like I had how much money to spend? I had so I still had eighteen dollars of that Dalton Varsho fund left over. I went. I had 20 budgeted for Varsho. Two extra went to Pasquantino. Two more than I budgeted for him. Um, and I had another $18 there. Hang on a second. And Brian Reynolds was the player out there. Brian Reynolds right at 17. Okay, that's how much he went for. Just want to make sure I didn't miss on a, on a great buy there. Um, so I had 18 to spend. It was going to be either between McCarthy or Tommy Edmond because I knew I wanted another big base dealer to pair with Mullins. And even though McCarthy at $12 was more than the $9 I think he should go for, uh, $12 is less than I'd probably have to spend for Tommy Edmond. And frankly, I need the outfielder more, I think. Well, Scott, speaking of outfield, Alex Kirilov just went for 2 bucks. Yep. I wouldn't. He's not worth 3 to me. He's worth 2 to me, but he was thrown out there for 2 so. Let me reset here on the podcast and the video side. Uh, we are currently doing a live salary cap draft, also known as an auction. 12-team, 5x5 Roto with $260 budget, standard categories, and Roto-style lineups. And we are, we're moving along here. We've, we're about, uh, not halfway, I would say hopefully a third of the way through. We're gonna, it's it's going to be a pretty long one here. I'm expecting four-ish hours, maybe more than that. Alec Manoa is up to 21, now 22. I wonder if people see him as the end of a tier. No, there's still some other pitchers available. Yeah, I think there's uh, next breed. four or five left in this tier. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, Luis Castillo, Zach Gallen, Christian Javier. I'll tell you what, Kevin Gosman for 19 versus Manoa for 22. That's that's pretty excellent. good. I like I, that. I prefer Manoa, but straight up, yeah. But if, if I'm telling you, you're getting him for three dollars less, Scott. I, I, I still think I prefer Manoa. Okay, fair enough. I mean, I would take the savings on Gosman personally. Jazz Chisholm is out there. We know one person who will not be bidding on him, and uh, his last name starts with White. <laughs> Uh, Jazz at 25, no, 26. All right, so let me ask you guys. Jazz Chisholm's approaching 30 here. He's at 28 right now. Jazz Chisholm for 28 or Ozzy Albies for 21? Albies. Albies for sure. Albies easily. Because I've got Chisholm ranked a little bit ahead of Albies, but it's only like seven spots total. Uh, They're a couple of bucks in my auction values, so... Yeah, right. I think so Albies since, is the best buy there. Since Corey Seager was my biggest overpay at 30, do you prefer Corey Seager for 30 or Jazz Chisholm for 29? Jazz. I have him ranked ahead of Corey Seager. No. Yeah. I th- Wrong. I think in Roto, I, I would say the same thing. Rather have mm-hmm. Jazz. But it's close. I mean, he'll give, he'll give half the runs in RBI of Seager because of the amount of time he misses. But he, he will have more steals. <laughs> I'll give you that much. All right. Scott is, Scott's... Scott is out on Jazz and the injuries. Uh, speaking of out, I threw out George Springer. He's up to 17. I had him and uh, Eloy kind of priced at, at a similar range. I got Eloy 18. Well, guess what? Chris has Springer at 18 right now. Will it last? Yes, it will. I'm happy with right that. At this yeah, that's just right around where I've got him for. Yep. Uh, again, I, had, I wrote down three names. Eloy, Springer, and I'm not going to reveal the other one yet. And there he is, Teoscar Hernandez. He gets thrown out, very <laughs> next player. So, uh, yeah, I, I all had them all for around $17, $18. So. Yeah, who was the other one? Eloy? Eloy, Springer, and Teoscar. I have them all for around uh, the same price, Chris. Yep. yep. Yeah, I've got them all around the same price as well. I'm trying to... Come on, someone. somebody bid up Teoscar one more dollar so we could get 18 for each. Ah. All right, he goes for 17 It's going to be me, Frankie. Not going to be you. All right. Uh-uh. Fair enough. Uh, I'm doing a bad job of realizing if there are any good players left, but I only have four, so I should probably start bidding on some. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, this is a, not many players at this point. There's a lot. This is a lot harder than it looks, man. Like, oh, I believe you. I, I do not envy the spot you're in because I don't I don't envy the spot I'm in, and I don't have to talk nearly as much as you do. Right. Francisco Lindor gets thrown out there. I don't know. Maybe this is the one. Let's let's see how much he goes for. Uh, he's up to 17. 18, 19, I am 18. legally prohibited from bidding on him, so I can take a little break. <laughs> <laughs> and he's slowing down at 22. Francisco Lindor. Boom! The hammer. 23. Will anyone go one more for Frankie Lindor? Should. And, oh, geez, I almost got him. <laughs> Was that unkind of me to say they should? No, it's, it's totally fine. I don't, I don't really want Lindor. They still should. Yeah, I probably should still go in on him. He's he's at Oh, uh, Frank. He goes for 25. Eh. There's so good players left, right, Scott? <laughs> I don't mm. think so. Maybe Not I, as good as Lindor. Maybe I should have went. He was the last. Go get go get Tommy Edmond, Frank. Ah, oh, I love Tommy Edmond. Actually, yeah, you know, I'm scrolling down. It's uh oh geez. Maybe you're now, if I want batting average, this is the guy, Stephen Kwan. Uh, give me Kwan. Yeah. Give me. Go for the same amount as McCarthy. One more dollar, baby. Man, you're right, Scott. I probably should have went after Lindor. I was, I was telling you. There I was 
literally telling you. Yeah, should have done it. Anyway, I mean, I thought about it at twenty six, and I have like forty one dollars. <laughs> My max <laughs> bid is twenty seven. I couldn't have gone twenty six. <laughs> I mean, you, you literally could have. It would have made. I, I, it would have made have. for great content, though. I'll tell you that. Would have, <laughs> I would have been tilting the entire rest of the uh, the draft. Stephen Kwan goes for twelve dollars. I did bid on him at eleven, uh, so it's looking to get a little little batting average in steals from Stephen Kwan. Had a big second half last year, you know, big for Stephen Kwan. Uh, and you know, was it like four out. home runs? Uh, no, five, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have the the top bid on you, Darvish, right now, who's up at seventeen, and sold. All right, wanted a a decent SP two to go along with with Garrett Cole, and there you go. Got my top two starters, Garcole, you Darvish. Where was I when all the good players were going? I mean, geez. Now you're hosting a podcast. There's none left. <laughs> Framber Valdez. Oh, the enforcer. Framber Valdez went out for one. RJ White jumped the bid to 15. So he's not, he's he's got places to be. You know, he's not trying to <laughs> sit here and let that clock tick down. I mean, we all have to stick around for the reserve drafts. So I don't know. We're all stuck here. We're stuck here till midnight, folks. Framber Hopefully Val- not that. Valdez winds up going for $16, so $1 less than you, Darvish. Eh, they should probably go for around the same price. I think that's fine. Uh, William Contreras, we've got another catcher out here now in uh, Milwaukee. Of course, brother of uh, Wilson. Breakout season for William Contreras last year. And the stack ass numbers all back it up. I mean, yeah. He's going a little cheaper than MJ Melendez, but if you put stock into the StackHouse numbers, William Contreras was a lot better than MJ Melendez last year. Now, Melendez does have the added benefit of likely seeing more time at the DH and, and outfield spots to, you know, he could have 150 plate appearance ad- advantage on William Contreras. All right, so I wound up winning William Contreras at $10. Uh, I had budgeted 12 for him, so save a, save a couple bucks. Good. You're this gonna need. Is, this them. is gonna be a fun one, Chris. You I know. This? You're gonna need that money, Frank. I know. I need Buckle it. your safety belt. All right, let's go. Ooh. Yeah. Riley Green. Riley Green is the player that was thrown out, mm-hmm. and he's up to three. How much did uh, How much did New Bar go for? I think it was like twelve, 12. or something. Yeah. I go five. Will Green rival New Bar? Ah, uh, Chris, should I go seven? It's less than I don't new know. I could drop the hammer. It's hammer time. I'm not going to do it. It's, he's all yours, Chris. Thrilled that with that. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. He's a, I, I know I'm a lot higher on him than the consensus. He's a $10 player for me, but even at six, I think most yeah. people would have that as a pretty good value. Yeah. And I'm, I have one outfield spot left. So there we go. Uh, I have, I have three. I, but you know I have a lot of spots left, so Kerry Carpenter is <laughs> currently going for three. That's an, an interesting name to be thrown out there. Hmm. I was regretting buying him in an AL only league. So, I mean, he had a lot of home runs in the minors last year, but um, yeah, he's, he's weird. He's, he's one of those not guys for sure going to be on the roster. The scouts don't don't necessarily buy the numbers either. Kerry Carpenter, according to roster resource, is penciled in as the strong side platoon at the DH for the Detroit Tigers. 
Grayson Rodriguez. Some, it's another. Is he platooning with Miggy? Uh, I guess so. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I guess Carpenter could play a corner outfield spot as well. Yeah, I'm trying to remember who it was he's supposed to be competing with for an outfield job and drawn a blank. Somebody who who I don't think is very good. Of course, it's the Tigers. Uh, Akil Badu. Yeah. Uh, Badu, oh, yeah. I, I know Badu has stolen some bases this spring, but overall, I feel like the numbers probably aren't too great for him. Matt Veerling, a name that we haven't mentioned, is having a really big spring for them. So, uh, Grayson Rodriguez wound up going for $8.00. Could turn out to be pretty good. Yeah, I am. There are a few pitchers. Like, it's so easy to find pitchers that you like at pretty much every point in the draft or at every dollar value that it's sort of hard to like complain that anyone's a good value. But Grayson Rodriguez is a guy I'm surprised hasn't seen his price go up more than it has. Uh, I think Kodai Senga is another one that I'm, I'm kind of surprised hasn't been priced up more as well. Christian Javier is up to $19. And to Chris? To Chris. Oh. No. I'm always happy when Chris buys somebody who I know he's lower on than the consensus. <laughs> uh, defending champ Greg Lathrop jumps in. 20 bucks for Christian Javier. Yeah, 19. He would have been a very good fit with Justin Verlander for me. So that I would have been happy with that, unfortunately. Didn't happen. That's okay. Yeah. It's a, a little pricey for Javier, but again... He's he's one of these helium names right now. He's he's been aggressively yeah, been moving yeah. up draft boards and he was, he placed very high on that that survey. He was the must have player. I think he was the fifth highest vote getter. He's one that like if he had gone, you know, been nominated spots earlier, he might have gone for twenty two. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, let's get some of these pitchers off the board. I want to I want to see some of the good players that are left. <laughs> On my ranking list, there's not much. Throughout Luis Castillo at 15, Jeffrey Springs just went for $8. I mean, again, it's breakout candidate like Grayson Rodriguez, $8 each. They went to to the same team owner, that is Tim Canick, and Luis Castillo for 18 bucks. So I would say of the mid-tier guys, Castillo and Gosman are the ones that really stand out for me, $18 and $19 respectively. Like the prices on those two. Yeah, I'm Gallon higher on Gosman. Right Gallon's in a similar tier, so he's he's up yep. now. And I got Darvish at 17, so I, I imagine Gallon will go somewhere in there, 17 to 19 ish. Uh, and Gallon, good price friend, you can get in there yourself. No, no, I mean I got to save some of my money for hitters, Scott. It's mm. uh, my hitting is. Do you though? A little questionable. Uh, Zach Gallon at 13. Nope, not yet. The, it was a monster second half for Zach Allen last year. He was a, a league winner for a lot of people. And the one thing I worry about him is the BABIP was extremely low last year. He's a 45-ish percent ground ball guy. So I wonder with the, strif- the shift restrictions, he's going to regress a little bit, but wonder how much. That, that's my question on Gallon. He, I, I think he's a good pitcher. I, I think he might be a touch overvalued. So I, I don't typically wind up with him in my drafts. And he went for 16, so it's a pretty pretty fair price. All right, yeah. we might we might finish this by the weekend. That's what's being said in the chat. Uh, I think right he now. was talking about TGFBI. Oh, all right, fair enough. Uh, someone was rooting for me to do something. Do it, Frank. What was that bit on Zach Gallen? Wasn't going to be me. 
Uh, Ian Happ is out there for four. That's very cheap. Is it for Ian Happ? I mean, he's going for cheaper than Riley Green. It's a little bit more. Would you rather have Ian Happ than Riley Green? Because I want it. I, I have Ian Happ ranked higher. I think he's more, what about you, Chris? More established contract year for Ian Happ. Versus more, who? more established is mediocre, I would say. Versus who? Riley Green. Ian Happ had a good season last year, Scott. Ian Happ has become a solid player. Uh, I uh, do. I have him ranked ahead of. I have Riley Green ranked ahead. Um, so I would rather have Riley Green. Mm-hmm. All right, Ian Happ winds up going for. The stars, for baby. Ian Happ goes for $5, $1 less than Riley Green. Jose Abreu is the current player that is out and about. Scott, how much did you get Vinny P for? 17. 17. All right, so that will be the the barometer here on Jose Abreu, who I obviously love. I've always loved him. Now he's with the Astros. I'll go one more. You going to go one more, Scott? Should I go one more, or should I let you get him? It's up to you. No, I'll go one more. That's it, though. I'm done. All right, probably going to get Jose Abreu for 14 unless anybody else out there wants to get in on the action. Frank, you can't take it with you when you go. Boom! So I wrote down uh, Jose Abreu and Vinny P. Baby! As my first baseman for 15 to 17, and I get Abreu for 14, so... Pretty good. I like it. And we are... Okay. Uh, Robbie Ray is the next player up. Robbie Ray... Where do you guys think Jose Abreu bats in the Astros lineup? Because they're obviously loaded. Uh, I would guess four. Clean up, yeah. But, I mean, they're going to lead off Altuve. Fifth Fifth is what roster resource has. Fifth, yeah. Yeah. That probably makes sense. Bregman at three, Jordan at four. Good RBI spot. Yeah, and then (laughs) Jose Abreu at five. And Chris just won Robbie Ray at 13. All right, Chris, back to back, you and you and me. Winners. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with that one. Let's uh let's throw this guy out there. A lot of strikeouts for sure. Yes, which Hard I may need with, with Justin Verlander as my ace. You know, he's gonna get a decent amount of strikeouts, but maybe not the elite, elite strikeout numbers. Robbie Ray went for 13. It'll be interesting to see how much Hunter Green goes for right after him. Hunter Green will be the opening day starter for the Reds. No surprise there. I think it was probably between him and Nick Lodolo. I think I'm pretty much down to $3 bids, guys. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Did you- I think I'm down to the scrubs part of the stars and scrubs. <laughs> yeah, unless you I just find 15 just roster find, spots left in $41. So, I mean, I could, I could push it $8 to $10 on somebody who I think is just a perfect fit or going for too little. But mm-hmm. uh, for the most part, I, I think... We're in the end game now. <laughs> Very nice, Scott. Um, did you actually want to bray you, or were you just pricing me up? No, he was one of those players who I thought uh, was worth really stretching myself then for good power and RBI production. Scott, adjust your mic again because it's it's cutting out a little bit. Giancarlo Stanton goes for ten dollars. Chris, come on, man. Yeah, he's good. That's fine. <laughs> I actually like that would be my last outfielder and I just I don't I don't necessarily think you know I could use one big power bat but I think that's probably I'm okay passing on him. Fair enough. Tommy Edmond is the player thrown out right now has a second and shortstop eligibility. 
believe he's on record saying he wants to steal 40 bases this season. You believe accurately. With the new rules, I think it's possible. Tommy Edmond stole 30 last year. More than 30, potentially. Was it more than 30? Pulling up his page. Uh, I believe he's 30 plus two years in a row now, right? Yeah. 30 and 32, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Incredible position as well. Which reminds me, I should probably bid on him. It's exactly what I did. (laughs) I I think the bidding should keep going, frankly. But By the way, did either one of you guys stay up and watch that Korea, South Korea, Australia game last night? Uh, I had it on kind of in the background, but but I wasn't paying much attention. What happened in it, Chris? Very, very intense at the end. Uh, Australia went up, I think, 8-4. Korea had a three-run inning where Australia just could not find the strike zone, and they ended up just falling short. Really big upset in that bracket and puts a lot of pressure on South Korea because Japan's coming out of that bracket. But now they lost to Australia, so they, they kind of need to beat Japan to have a chance. It's going to be tough. So looking back earlier, uh, remember I, I, I went $2 more on Jake McCarthy, got him for 12 thinking, well, it's either Tim or Tommy Edmond. Tommy Edmond's going to go for 12. Tommy Edmond did go for more than 12, but for only 14 to Frank, I, I think that was, I think that was a good deal. Say it again, Scott, which one was, are you saying Edmund was a good deal or the, pre- yeah. the other player? Edmund oh. for 14 versus my McCarthy for 12. I mean, just in a vacuum, Edmund for 14 was a good deal. Right. And I'm not even the biggest, you know, Tommy Edmund supporter, but you look at my team, what I have so far, and I've got Machado, Tucker, Eloy, Abreu, William Contreras. I've got, I would say, a decent batting average, good amount of power. Probably needed another steel guy. So that's why I wind yeah. up uh, going in on Manny, uh, on Tommy Edmund, excuse me. And I won him for 14. Oscar Colas went for four. Logan Ohapi went for a four. So a couple of prospects going off the board. Someone threw out Colas for two. I went three. Uh, and then he went to four. I wasn't willing to go to for, for uh, to five for Oscar Colas. Yeah, I was hoping to get him for two or three. He was one of those late round, late end game targets I was penciling in. But alas, sometimes they get thrown out too early and then they're for sure going to go for more than two or three. Tim Anderson is currently being thrown out. And all right, we're going on a spending spree, boys. I've got Tim Anderson. I went up for 13. So I spent up for Machado, Tucker, and Garrett Cole. And now I'm kind of just living in the mid-tier. Which I don't Which mind. is what you said you wanted to do, right? I typically I typically do this. Um, I wanted to spend up a little bit more. I think Lindor is probably the one I'll regret not getting. But I like Tim Anderson a lot. I like the price point. A good amount this season. Uh, okay, so I am down to... Yeah, for what it's worth, I think Tim Anderson's going to have a bounce-back season. He's one of the guys who I think could potentially really benefit from the stolen base rules. I know injuries have been a big concern for him over the years, but he's always had the elite base stealing, or the, the elite speed that his stolen bases don't necessarily lead you to believe he has. I, I could see him running more. All right, Tim Anderson, I got for 13. Chris, you got Jorge Polanco for seven. It's a good price. I, I wrote him down for, for eight to 10 myself, but I already got Tommy Edmond, so. You just nominated Max Fried, Frank? Yes, I did. Last of the high-end, definitively high-end pitchers, I would say. The, the next best available is Tristan McKenzie. Yep. So that might push up Fried's price. Is it 18 now? Yeah, there's a lot of good relievers left, but the starting pitcher pool is definitely thinned out. 
And my plan was to to throw Max Freed out because I've already got Cole and Darvish. I know I don't want to spend up for another, you know, top ish tier starter. And, and so that's why I, I wanted to get some money off the board. Max Freed went for nineteen. Which is actually a dollar less than I have him for, so he didn't his so, price yeah. didn't get forced up. It's a fair value. Yeah. Hunter Renfro. Well, he is um he's not a two or three dollar player, so so you know I'm <laughs> So you know Scott's out. <laughs> That's exactly I could go six for him. Uh, not if I go first, Scott. No, not if you go first. I could go seven for him. <laughs> you can. Will you though? And then he's all yours. <laughs> and That's a pretty maybe good I and he uh, and he won't. And I'll take uh no, I, I like Hunter Renfro. I get him for six bucks. Spend the money. Like Chris said, I can't take it with me, right? So That's where we're at. Oh, Devin Williams. Speaking of it, Chris, it's been a while since we've seen one of these elite elite closers go. Yeah, and there hasn't really there haven't really been any values among the closers, but there haven't really been any like wild overpays either. It's been pretty right down the middle for the for the closers. I'm not I the think, biggest I mean I think relative to how early Devin Williams would go in a draft, I don't I don't think it's the thirteen dollar range. That's a good uh, price you know, for him. That's what he went for. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say... I've, I, I've got him for 15 I'm not necessarily in on Devin Williams. I have some concerns with him, but when he goes $2 less than Felix Bautista, who's currently not healthy, I think that is a good yeah. price for Devin Williams. Yeah, it is. I, I'm just... I'm not in a position to spend 14 on a closer. Right. And that and that's the sort of thing that can happen. Like, I, I mean, I, there may be other people who didn't budget for one either, and so... Mm-hmm. While they while they may have been inclined to take him in a draft when their turn came up, um, the flexibility of the salary cap draft kind of pushes them out of the closer market. And I, I I've seen that actually with every single salary cap draft we've done, they tend to go for less than their ADP would suggest they should go for. Mm-hmm. Nate Lowe is the player that's currently out there for eleven. It's been a real slow burn for him too. He slowed down around six. I went in at seven. I went in again at nine, uh, but getting him up to a point where I think he should go. So $11, I think that's fine for Nate Lowe. Let's take our another break here, and we'll be back on Fantasy Baseball today. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball, and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Grab your VIP pass. We're delving into the secretive world of Formula One. Behind the scenes with two of the sport's biggest names, Mercedes and Williams. This is not coal mining, this is Formula One motor racing. As they build their new cars. We want to be so much further ahead. We're in permanent racing mode. And face shocking headlines. Here's Lewis Hamilton moving away from Mercedes. I'm Joseph Fiennes and this is F1, back at base. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into Fantasy Baseball today. Another one of those closers being thrown out there. The top tier, Rysel Iglesias. And he goes to me. You. For 15. 15. All right. 
Does that do you like Rysel Iglesias more than Devin Williams? I do, yes. Okay. So 15 for Iglesias, 13 for Williams. I mean, yeah. even if you didn't, sometimes it can just go that way. I think they're all in a similar tier. So, yeah. I mean, again, just price-wise, I, I think Devin Williams was the better buy. But uh, mm-hmm. if I could get Rysel Iglesias for the same price as Batista went earlier, uh, I'll do that. I wanted at least one surefire closer, and I get that with yeah. Iglesias, who, once he joined the Braves last season, was phenomenal. And now he'll be their, their closer heading into the season. We've got a little bit of a relief pitcher run. David Bednar goes for, all right, seven bucks. That's pretty good value, half the price. Yeah, I wanted to see if I could sneak like a a next tier closer in for a couple of bucks, and Bednar wasn't the right option. All right. Jonathan Hmm. India thrown out. Looks like he'll be the leadoff man for the Reds as he has been all spring training. And... I think I read somewhere that he wants to run more this season as well. And so you're uh, in on the bidding. You hopped in right as he said that. Yeah, I, I like Jonathan that. India. I've I'm on I'm on record with that. He was he's dealing with a hamstring injury all of last season. I, I think it really slowed him down. I think he can get back to 18 to 20 homers, double digit steals in a a really good ballpark in Cincinnati. So. I just like that we're watching. Real time as you talk yourself into players. <laughs> <laughs> no, this, this is part of the plan, Scott. I had I had them written down for uh, for middle infield. So okay, but uh, yeah, uh, let's do this. The multitasking of throwing a <laughs> analyzing a player while you're bidding on him is is fun. All right, Masataka Yoshida. Mm. Now, our good friend from the other day. What was his name again? I remembered his name on the other podcast. Neil. Neil. Yes. Neil made some compelling arguments for Masataka Yoshida. Um, Liking him mostly for batting average, as I think we all do. What what gets me with him is like, you know he's not going to steal bases. So if there's no power there either, what are we talking about? We're talking about Luis Arias at best except he plays the outfield, which is better. Mm-hmm. So maybe more like Jeff McNeil. Yeah. But anyway, that's the best case scenario for Yoshida. Yoshida goes for six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with Yoshida, I, I I don't know that we could expect... I think he could probably get to double digits. I mean, he was around 20 in Japan. You know, maybe he gives us 10 to 12. Obviously, it's a little bit Almost. tougher to hit home runs as a lefty in, in Fenway, so... Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he could be like 10 to 12 homers, 270 plus batting average, much better in OBP or head to head points leagues. Gunnar Henderson, this is, yeah, my highest ranked hitter that's left. Uh, and I'm sure someone out there needs a third baseman. So, yeah, I guess it's the highest ranked hitter for all three of us, right? Yeah. Very interested to see how much. This is one of those players where you could just see going for way over value just because he's like the best hitter available. He's a weak position. He gives you steals. He's, right. you know, buzzy as a rookie of the year candidate. Oof. And he's up to $19 now, which isn't a, you know, that's pretty much on point for me. Yeah, Scott, you have $1 more. You have Gunnar Henderson at 18 in your rankings. I have him at 16. Chris at 14. How, Corbin Carroll went for 20 something, correct? 23. Okay, so. All right, that's about right. I, I think that's that's 
probably the right price it, for Gunnar Henderson. It does feel like Corbin Carroll has more helium right now. Oh, yeah. So Brendan Donovan just got thrown out for a dollar. Brendan Donovan with his triple eligibility, second, third outfield. And I imagine he's going to be the first dollar player. Yes, he is. Right? We didn't have another? I don't believe so. And it looks Pretty like much batting average help. Donovan it. might lead off against right-handed pitching. Okay. So maybe he could be For the maybe he could excel decently and run scored as well. Yep. I'm looking at my roster trying to figure out kind of a specialist. What I need. Maybe some more power. We'll see. Sean Murphy, I won William Contreras at 11. I feel like those guys are <laughs> tied by uh, at the hip. They were traded for each other, and I feel like whenever you see one go, the other one usually goes not long after that. So, <laughs> oh, this is a great price! Wow, Sean Murphy. What did Contreras go for? I, I got him for eleven, and I felt good about that. I mean, Contreras, I'm sure I have him as like a thirteen or fourteen dollar player. The ten and Sean Murphy goes for eight. Yeah, it's a good price. Yeah, I've got Murphy at twelve, going for eight bucks, but. Yeah, I don't, I don't really want to spend for a second catcher. I've already got Contreras. Much rather have Murphy at eight. Cody Bellinger is up five bucks. I know he's hit a few home runs here in the spring. Chris, it feels like last year we were all just like completely out on Bellinger. Do you, do you have any hope on the bounce back? Uh, nothing but hope. <laughs> there, there's certainly nothing specific or concrete that I could point you to 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 be optimistic about it. It's just, this is a guy who at one point was super talented and maybe he can be talented again, but no, I, I don't feel uh, any amount of uh, optimism about him at this point. Cody Bellinger now with the Chicago Cubs and Ooh, Jordan Romano was about to go for 14. He did not. Uh, Cody Bellinger was working out with Matt holiday this off season. Somebody who has helped other major leaguers get their their swing and their careers back on track. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, he could do Wasn't, the same for Bellinger. Didn't he work with Matt Carpenter last year? Yep, yep, that's correct. Jordan Romano goes for fifteen, same price as Rysel Iglesias. So, not really getting much of a discount on closers. Outside of Bednar, I think Bednar was pretty good at seven. Um, yeah. And Gosh, a lot of people have no money left. I, I'm thinking I'm in the poorhouse here, but <laughs> I'm not the worst off. No, you are not. Uh, I don't even. I can't see how much money I have left here. Let's. What do we got? I'm at 28. Ah, all right. So I've got a one more dollar higher max bid than Scott. So if we get into a war, I'll keep <laughs> I'm that not in mind. going max bid on anybody. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think there's any that's, player worth that's going. That's not the way stars and scrubs works. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not going to work that way. Uh, Tyler O'Neill is sold for $14. Someone that we've expressed some pessimism about recently. The Cardinals are just so loaded, man. They're outfield. They've got Lars Newtbar. They still have Carlson there. Looks like Jordan Walker is going to make the team. Nolan Gorman could DH. They've got Juan Yepes. Tyler O'Neill's injury prone. I think there's still a good amount of upside there, but a lot of downside as well. Yeah, I, I did add uh, Tyler O'Neill to my bus 2.0. Um, I just, I think there are more ways for things to go wrong for him than right. And uh, mm. we've only seen it go right for him once. 
Like he has to be because of how much he swings and misses and because he's had pretty serious injury concerns. He needs to be exceptional in quality of contact, not just good. And I'm not sure you can rely on that. Scott, were you in on the bidding for Tristan McKenzie who went for $11? Uh, I kind of feel like I should have been. He went for $11. Yeah. Um, I mean, a number two still. And he certainly, look, I mean, the guy had a sub two, a sub three ERA, 190 Ks, a sub one whip last year. He's pretty good. I mean, for eleven dollars, yeah, it's it's it would have put me in a really desperate spot, but it may have been worth it. We'll see what some of the other because there, there, there's still a lot of pretty good pitchers out there. So um, none as good as McKenzie, who was the highest one left. But you know, I'd, I'd rather have a couple six dollar guys than an eleven dollar guy, given the the build of my team. So we'll see. I just got Anthony Rizzo for seven dollars, and I really went on quite the spending spree. I've only got. Four hitter spots left to fill. Two outfielders, utility, and my second catcher. Kenley Jansen is starting out there. And he's up to seven bucks. I'm trying to figure out on the fly what this team needs. <laughs> it's not going very well. Uh, Kenley Jansen is up to 11. It's Greg Lathrop, our defending champion. Scott, you got one more dollar in you? No, I don't. Ah! Can't do it. All right. If I can't do it for McKenzie, I can't do it for Jansen. The discipline. That's what it takes. Like it, I'm I'm much less concerned about discipline in the early game than I am in the late game. Alrighty. Chris, you're up to nominate a player. I feel like you've just been throwing out two dollar players for for a long while now. Yeah, gonna continue in that trend, although this is one I may be able to get for a dollar. We have no idea if Liam Hendricks is going to pitch this season, obviously coming back from the non-Hodgkin's lymphoma diagnosis, but he was in uh, camp with the White Sox recently through a bullpen session. So, you know, we'll see. RJ White took him for two. Hard to justify a $3 bid on a player who just, we have no idea if he's going to play this season, but one really, really hoping that it happens. Uh, And two, you know, still a chance that he comes back and is the White Sox closer for a decent stretch. Yeah, absolutely rooting for Liam Hendricks to get back on track with everything he's dealt with this offseason, but we we just don't really know. And from a fantasy perspective, obviously he's just someone you're going to have to leave on your bench for the entire season uh, until hopefully... Well, he should he be IL. You should be able to put him on the IL, I would guess. I don't... Is that true? Does, does baseball have like a non... Because I know the NFL has like a non-football injury, but... They just have the IL, right? I, I, th- I would imagine he's on the, the IL. He's not going to be on like the restricted list or something. You might be right about that. that that's that's uh, a Hendricks. fair point. Yeah, Liam Hendricks. Scott, yeah, do you think yeah, he'll, he'll be on the IL? He'll go on the IL. All right, yeah. So look for $2. We've. Yeah, we have five IL spots in this league. So that was the thought yeah. process there. I thought about throwing him out for two. I thought I could sneak, sneak him through for one. All right. Nice little strategy. Clayton Kershaw goes for $10. Uh, Tristan McKenzie not too long ago went for 11. So similar price points for those two. Yeah, those Is this are- Sean Murphy? No, it's Sean Manaya. <laughs> that was last year's snafu. For anyone who watched or listened to the podcast last year, towards the end game, Scott was saving all of his money for, remind me, which one, Scott? Yeah, it was actually Sean Manaya who I wanted. Okay. And you wound up bidding yeah. on Sean Murphy. Right. 
I saw I saw Sean M. Oakland. They were both on Oakland at the time. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, that's the guy. And I, I think the bidding was had ended by the time you guys clued me in to the fact that it was the wrong Sean M. Scott and was for so... my utility spot because part of my strategy last year was Salvador Perez, Dalton Varsho for my catcher spot. So I filled those early, and I had an open utility spot, and I ended up filling it yeah. with Sean Murphy, who it turns out was better than Sean and I, of course. But <laughs> at the time, it did not feel that way. Sure did, yeah. Scott was so angry. I've never seen him <laughs> that upset before. We wouldn't <laughs> let him roll it back. We were like, nope, right. you got to stick with Sean Murphy. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I've, I've, that's, that's not the first time a name mix-up has happened like that. And if somebody points it out right away, I always roll it back. So it just felt like, you know, you guys are... You guys were sticking it to me for no good reason. Yeah, we're we're jerks. I I, I will fully admit <laughs> sucks, that sucks. Sucks to suck. You're you're just a better <laughs> human than I am, Scott. Uh, Sean Manaya. <laughs> I almost said Murphy. Now my brain is messed up. Five dollars for Sean Manaya, then one buck for Christian Vasquez as a second catcher. Max Muncy goes for eight. I'll tell you what. Yeah, I got I got I was, Rizzo at seven. I think I would have rather would have rather spent that extra dollar on Max Muncy. I was telling that Sean M story and. <laughs> dragging my feet getting to look up what I had Muncie for mm. 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 I have him for 15 I'm pretty high on him he goes for 8 right Blake Snell I don't know. Blake Snell is the next one thrown out here contract year and uh, made some adjustments in the second half and uh, he, was, he was pretty awesome so I'm going to be in here try and get Blake Snell as my SP3 got the leading bid for 8 bucks Let's see if I can hold on. Boom! Got him. All right. Well, I've got Cole, Darvish, and Snell. A lot of strikeouts. Feel good about it. Christian Yelich, next up. Throwing out for $7. All right, all right. Christian Yelich just kind of feels, I guess, boring is the right way to describe him. A 15-15 hitter. 260 to 270 batting average. That's what I'm expecting. I, I would say he is a high floor, high ceiling player at this point, because I do still believe, and I've said this multiple times, I do still believe that there's a chance that he gets back to being not a 50 homer pace guy, but a 25 homer guy. And if he does that, I think the, the ceiling is going to be very high as a, you know, legitimate five category guy or, or maybe four category guy. All right. Christian Yelich went for 11. I won Snell for eight. As we talked about, I threw out Ryan Helsley. I've already got my top closer in Rice Iglesias. It's not my top ranked closer, but a top closer that I wanted on my team. So I threw Helsley out there to get some money off the table. And Scott, Took some of my money, Frank. Scott, you just won another one of your busts. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> What's going but on? hey, I mean, relative to the other safe sources, Helsley for $8. I'm not going not gonna to complain about that. Yeah. I, was, I was beginning to worry I might not get any saves. And uh, that would have been a difficult way to start. But now I'm legitimately down to 2 or $3 bids. I can't splurge anymore. Jose Miranda goes for 2 bucks. That's one of those, Scott, where even even though we might be a little bit lower on Miranda, I mean, if you could get him for two or three bucks. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty yeah. Seems like a good deal. Lance Lynn is the next one thrown out. And uh, I like Lance Lynn too, but 
having just one Blake Snell, I could already say I will not be in on the bidding for Lancelin. So, Chris, I'm rooting for you, bud. I hope you get him. I would say that uh, Miranda bid $2. That's the sort of pl- – like, when, when we're in the end game, I go $3 on the players I really want and $2 on the players I just kind of want. And Miranda is one of those players I just kind of want. So somebody getting to $2 before I get a chance to get to $2 basically just puts me out. Lance Lynn went for 8 Chris, you were in on the bidding, but not willing to go 9 huh? No, I mean, my max bid is, what, 30 So it's just... I, I, I don't think... It's a, enough upside there for me to, to lock in such a significant portion of, of my budget. Gotcha. Lance Lynn, when he first returned from his knee injury, first five or six starts back last year, didn't look right. The numbers were awful. And then from that point forward, he was awesome. We're talking like two and a half ERA, sub one whip, really good strikeout numbers. He had a career high swinging strike rate last year. So Lance Lynn and Snell, I think those are, that's kind of the, that's the package duo. I want one of those guys as my SP3 in pretty much all of my drafts. That, that's that's what I've been working with so far. Reese Hoskins went for eight to Chris. All right. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with that. I think I'd rather have Reese Hoskins than Lance Lynn, who I just said I wouldn't go $8 for or $9 for. So mm-hmm. I'm okay with it. Yeah, I'll, I'll say it again. I got Rizzo for seven. I, I like Hoskins a decent, eh, a little bit more. So... I think I think that's a good price. Oh man, Wilson Contreras went for eleven. I paid eleven for his brother. Yikes! <laughs> Sibling rivalry. Don't love that. Do not love it. Carlos Estevez, Chris, did you throw him out for three? Yes, I did. I I meant to do two. Oh well. <laughs> Are you expecting him to be the? Front runner for saves in yes. uh, Anaheim. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping he'll be the closer for the Angels. Yes, he has looked awful this spring. Yes, he has. For yep. whatever it's worth, and it may not be worth much, but he has been walking everybody in sight. All right. Yep. Another closer up off the board here, Alexis Diaz with the Reds has been named the team's closer. So we'll be interested to see how much yeah. he goes. I like for. him for five. If that's what RJ gets him for, and he did. It's a great price. Yeah, maybe Hell's Liquor A wasn't so great. I just want all the best buys, you know? (laughs) Can't just accept a kind of good buy. It never works out that way. You know that's got Never does. All right. Let's see here. Uh, Let me try... Let me try Andrew Painter. See if... Mm. See if I'll get him for a dollar or if the enthusiasm is still enough that somebody wants him for more. Somebody yeah, wants him. Went up for two. That's fine. I, it, that's the sort of player I, I'm happy to get for a dollar, but I only want him for a dollar. So that, that is uh, $1 per opinion that he's getting on the health of his elbow. Two dollars. <laughs> yeah, that's right. As of now, for Andrew Painter, it doesn't look like he'll need surgery, but I'd imagine likely to start the season on the IL. Bailey Falter in it as the fifth starter to open the season. Jake Fraley. Ah, that's one of Scotty's guys. One of those two or three buck bashes. Let's see if it works. Boom! It did. All right, Scotty. 
Nice little get on uh, Jake Fraley. Do you expect him to play every day or a strong side platoon? What's your thought? I mean, I'm hoping every day. Uh, if if Christian Encarnacion, this is a point that we didn't bring up with the well. Oh, well, that's a podcast you guys haven't listened to yet because we recorded it out of order. All right. So I, I do think if Christian Encarnacion Strand, who's making a lot of headway this spring, makes the roster and forces Will Myers to the outfield, that could actually impede on Jake Fra- Fraley's playing time. So it's kind of a, a two-sleeper squaring off situation for me. But at worst, Fraley is strong side platoon and probably batting leadoff when he is starting. And I expect him to run a lot more than last year. Uh, I expected him to run last year when he did play. It didn't happen, but now it's easier to run. And and he looked great in Cincinnati once he came back from that injury midseason. He had like an OPS. I think it was over 900 from uh, you know basically over the final two, two and a half months. All right, that was uh, Jake Fraley. Scott was talking about Carlos Correa in the meantime goes for 11. There's still a few more strong shortstops out there. We'll be interested to see who has the money left, who has the hammer to drop it down. We have reached the point where uh, pretty much all the top remaining players on my rankings are either pitchers or shortstops or actually second baseman. A couple of good second basemen left. Yep, that's exactly right. I've got one catcher up there as well, but somebody that I think I'm a little bit higher on than you guys. Camilo Duvall is up for seven. Chris currently has him. Reminder, Alexis CS went for five. And Scott, you got Ryan Helsley at what, eight? Yep. All right, so one dollar so, less. For- fine relative to Duvall, but... Yeah. I'm, I mean, I would have rather had five dollar Alexis Diaz given my money situation. Uh, so more on Fraley. Okay, so we returned July 30, 30th. And looking at Lodolo here. Okay, so Lodolo goes for seven. I tried to get in on, on Lodolo at eight, and I just was too indecisive. I have him at nine. How much did Hunter Green go for? 10 or 11? 11, 11. yeah. Yeah, I definitely prefer Lodolo for seven to Green for 11. Uh, okay, Andres Jimenez here. I think this is the best remaining hitter. Yep. I think him and Willie Adamas are the two best for me. Right. And Andres Jimenez is up to 12 right now. It's a good price. Yeah, it's very good. Will we get it? And there's not a lot of money left out there is the thing. I got Edmund for 14. It's going up a little more. I got Edmund for this exact price. Who would you guys rather have, Edmund or Jimenez? Edmund. Not by much, but... yeah. You could play him at shortstop. He's more of a category standout, we think. I mean, Andres Jimenez could become a 30-steal guy with the new rules. He's fast enough. He had 20 steals last year. Uh, I, I kind of worry his batting average is going to regress more to the Edmund range. But I, I think they're pretty similar. Edmund just more of a surefire source of steals, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimenez has a little more pop. Okay, so back to Fraley real quick give you the exact number. So he's already stolen three bases this spring. And after he returned from injury July 30th last year, 295 with 11 homers and 903 OPS. So that's that's the source of my enthusiasm there. All right, that was for Jake Fraley. Jimenez went for 14. Anthony Santander goes for six. Ladolo, Chris mentioned earlier, went for seven. Uh, I got Snell at eight. So you that, got 
Renfro for six, right? Yeah, I so got Santander right in line with that. Which I think makes sense, right, Scott? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brandon Marsh got thrown out for a dollar. Probably That's going to go for. Probably going to go. Probably going to start in center field at least against right-handed pitching. Could eh, now that Matt Fearling isn't there anymore, probably going to play every day. I'd imagine. Uh, Brandon Marsh with the Phillies. So I haven't looked at Doug Rowe's team, but maybe he went stars and scrubs as well. Might just be uh, the types of players that he needs at this point. He's got Yelich, Trout, Bogarts, Devers, Albies, Alonzo. Yeah, he might he might need some cheap buys at this point. Oh, the draft is suspended. Scott, are we taking a break? No, we're not. Um, I'm just trying to deal with an issue here somebody's having with the draft room. Oh, all right, fair enough. Yeah, I wasn't reading the chat. Yeah, it won't let you nominate a player if you don't have a spot up for them on your roster. And Dan Richards has first base, second base, corner infield, mid- middle infield, and utility list filled along with outfield. So presumably he's trying to nominate someone from one of those. In the meantime, let me remind everybody, not that you need the reminder, that it is a great time of year. Spring training baseball, World Baseball Classic, and of course, college basketball. The madness brackets are back. Compete against Scott, Chris, and me in our FBT March Madness bracket on the CBS Sports app. All you have to do is scan the QR code in the top right corner of the screen if you're watching us on YouTube or click on the link in the podcast or YouTube description, cbssports.com slash baseball to join. After you join our bracket, make sure to run men's and women's pools with friends and family for the chance to win a new car and trips to the 2024 Final Four. Play today on the CBS Sports app or visit cbssports.com slash play to sign up. No purchase necessary. See terms and rules for details. While I was chatting, Yoan Duran went for $5, and Clay Holmes is currently up to $5 as well. About to, yeah, went now up to six. Now up to six. Uh, so, uh, let me think here. Yeah, totally forgot the point I was going to make. Was it about Carry one, on. one of the relievers? Is that what it was about? I don't remember. If I think of it, I'll bring it up. Fair enough. All right. So uh, Duran will be a nice little measuring stick there for Andres Munoz. Oh, I remember. <laughs> what is so it? looking at Dan Richards' roster just now, I happen to notice he has three catchers. So one, in, in, one in the one utility, in the utility spot. spot. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Very interesting, interesting choice. Uh, he didn't get as upset about it as when I did it with Sean Murphy last <laughs> year, to his credit. But I would say that that's probably wasn't his plan, because you know catchers, by the nature of the position, aren't going to be able to compete with um, other other options for that utility spot in terms of uh, the counting runs from RBI. Chris Sale, someone who's gaining some helium this off season, uh, made a spring training debut the other day. Apparently, he was sitting ninety four to ninety six with a fastball. Looks healthy for now. Cross your fingers. Ten dollars to Chris. Towers. Yeah, that was one where I probably should have just let him go, but I want him. I've got him on a bunch of teams. I'm really, really high on him. So I paid a couple extra dollars and I otherwise would have liked to, although I do have him as a $14 player. It's just at this point in the draft leaves me pretty limited in my options moving forward. All right. Brandon Lau, while we were chatting it up, went for five bucks. Yeah, that 
one. Really, really good price if you need pop from your middle infield spot. Yeah, like that's one that I wrote about Jordan Walker and, you know, how high can I move Jordan Walker? And I've got Brandon Lau ranked higher than the consensus. He's like 120-ish for me. And like Jordan Walker's got all kinds of upside. We have seen Brandon Lau have a 250 average, 38 homers, and I think 10 steals in a season. So like Jordan Walker probably doesn't have that much more upside than that. So that's that's kind of the point in the draft where like it would be hard for me to to move Walker up if he does start to you know, lock in that, that roster spot. Scott, you tried to sneak uh, Evan Phillips by for a dollar, and he went for two. The last mm-hmm. I saw, it sounds like uh, Daniel Hudson will not be ready to start the season. Mm-hmm. Yep. And if that's the case, I, I, you know, Evan Phillips could be the closer to start the year. Oh, and it could be a great one if he is. I, I don't, I don't think the Dodgers are that interested in having a singular closer. But it's obviously not a bad gamble for two. I kind of wonder if um, if I should have saved him for later in, instead of trying to sneak him through for a dollar. That you know, I was saying the perfect guys to at to nominate right now in my situation are ones that you'll be happy to take for a dollar, but not anymore. And I, Phillips, I might have been happy to take for two. So mm-hmm. it, it may have been a poor choice for me. I, I liked what beat on there did more Eric Haas for a dollar. I still have two catcher openings, mm-hmm. I believe. Yes. And I think Eric Haas is one people are sleeping on. He is the Tigers' primary catcher this year. Uh, finished very strong last year. He hit 22 home runs two years ago, 14 home runs last year. Like he's, you know, for, for a number two catcher, very solid choice. Yeah, I know he's smacked some home runs so far in the spring as well. That's Eric Haas we're talking about. And a two-catcher league is your second catcher. Some cheap pop. I think he's totally fine. And uh, while you were talking, Scott, Ezekiel Tovar went for six. I know that you were in on the bidding. Yeah. Um, and I think that's probably the right price for an interesting upside type middle infielder. Um, yeah. Sorry. They're, I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of distracted by the chat room banter. <laughs> Everything like didn't mean to go six on Tovar. Uh, but I, I, Tovar was once somebody I was hoping to get for like three or four, not six, just given his ADP going out. Or I think he goes outside the top two of 25. And I think he's maybe the most undervalued player because of that. Cause I think he has five category potential in Colorado. Somebody's on autopilot here. I need to take them off. Okay. So, um, Yeah, let me deal with this. Let me make sure. Yeah, fair enough. Scott was talking about Ezekiel Tovar went for six. In the meantime, Willie Adamas went for nine, which at this point, you're just going to wind up getting a, a bunch of players who, like any mid-tier player that has talent, probably going to go for cheaper than they should have because there's just not a lot of money left. Yeah, I mean, draft. you look around and like the max bid for most teams is in the teens to 20s. There's one team with 28. Uh, but they have 11 roster spots left. There's one team with 19. They've got three roster spots. So, you know, a little more flexibility on that one. Kyle Wright is currently going, and the latest news on him, uh, it sounds like he could appear in a spring training game as soon as next week. He's been dealing with the shoulder, had a cortisone shot back in January, uh, but he's slowly ramping up. If As long as he could get a few starts in in spring, 
think he'll be good for the start of the season. And by good, I mean active. You know, maybe they'll <laughs> limit his pitch count early, but yeah. um, he's, tr- he's had in some the interesting right comments too about this shoulder. The cortisone shot, he says it's better than it's felt in years, and he has more extension on his arm now because of it. Kyle Wright, and he thinks oh, his fastball will play up better because the way he was having to deliver it before, it put kind of a cut on the fastball uh, and made it less of a swing and miss pitch. So, I mean, I hear that, and it's reason to feel optimism for Kyle Wright, but it's also like, okay, but if you're extending your arm further, then they, that's that's a big new variable that opens up the door to all kinds of possibilities, not all of them good, right? Yes. Yeah, that's, that's one of those things that, like, you prefer to hear that a player who has talent but hasn't lived up to it is changing things than a than a player who has succeeded. You know, it, it's not entirely like Cody Ballinger a few years ago, but it's sort of like that. And then it's also like, generally speaking, we don't hear, we don't think of like a cortisone injection in a shoulder as a good thing. And so it's like, well, he feels good now because of the effects of the cortisone, but once that wears off, you know, how, how is that going to play out? Mm-hmm. And that was Kyle Wright that we were talking about. In the meantime, Nestor Cortez went for eight, one dollar more than Kyle Wright. Daniel Bard went for six to Greg Lathrop. So Greg has now won back-to-back players. And we've got a fun one out. George Kirby, for many people, is he's polarizing. You know, many people think that he could break out this year. He obviously has impeccable control. I think us on this podcast, we're still trying to figure out where are the whiffs going to come from, the swinging, mm-hmm. swinging strikes for George Kirby. He's still young enough where it wouldn't surprise me one bit if you know he develops some kind of slider yeah. or sweeper or something to, to get those whiffs. I mean, he, he, just by virtue of he is George Kirby, yeah. he's a breakout candidate, right? Mm-hmm. It's just I wish I saw a clearer path to it than yep. just relying on the fact he's George Kirby. That's kind of how I feel about Logan Gilbert. I have a, I can see a straighter path there with uh, with Kirby than I can with Gilbert, which is why Gilbert's more of a bust for me now at his price. But both of them, it's sort of just like, well, they were highly ranked prospects and they're both young. So they're going to take a step forward. But it's like what that step forward looks like is actually kind of hard to, to see for me. Scott, you wound up with uh, Lucas Giolito for three bucks. So yeah, I got a second starting pitcher, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got him and uh, Sandy Alcantara. Yeah. Do you have? I like that's one that gives me strikeouts. I mean, hopefully, hopefully he rebounds in the, <laughs> with the ERA and the WHIP. Yeah. Yep. Or else I'm not going to want to start him for those strikeouts. And your only other pitcher is Sandy Alcantara, one of the best. And Ryan Helsley, right? Yeah. 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 Sure. Cool. Closer. Yep. In the meantime, Ryan McMahon went for three. It's one of those players that he's just kind of boring. But when you look up at the end of the season, he pays off his 5 to $7 in terms of auction value. And he winds up as like a top 150 player just by virtue of playing and half, of his, half of his games being in Colorado. And yeah. you know, 250, 20 homers, six, seven steals. It's, it's boring, but gets it done. All right, it looks like we are in a break here on the draft side of things. So here's what we'll do. We'll take uh, one more break on the podcast side. And when we get back, we'll take a look at our teams in the intermission.
I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Rise and shine, football fans. This is Susanna Fuller from Morning Footy, a podcast part of the CBS Sports Galazzo Network covering the breadth of the global game. Join me, Nico Cantor, Charlie Davies, Alexis Guerreros, and guests every morning for the perfect blend of news, analysis, conversation, and exclusive interviews. If you love soccer, then look no further. We've got you covered for Europe's top five leagues, the W Gold Cup, the Champions League Knockout Stage, CONCACAF Nations League, NWSL, MLS, Transfer News, and much more. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. Subscribe to Morning Footy. Welcome back into Fantasy Baseball Today. I am Frank Stample, and we've got uh, Chris here with me. Let's, let's run through our teams in the meantime, Chris, see what we've got going on. And you have, to this point, Salvador Perez for $17, Reese Hoskins for 8 Jorge mm-hmm. Polanco for 7 You don't have a third baseman. Uh, Bo Bichette for 32 Adalberto Mondesi for 2 uh, Springer for 18 Mookie Betts for 42 Randy Rosarena for 23 Riley Green for 6 And Fernando Tatis for 32 So you're kind of spread out here, like... You, you kind of you got some good values with like Hoskins and Jorge Polanco. Mm-hmm. Then you spent up for for Bichette and Mookie Betts and uh, Fernando Tatis. How you feeling about the offense right now? I think the offense is really good. You know, I'll have to fill it out with probably mostly dollar players. So that'll you know, I only got at this point in the draft uh, eight roster spots, thirteen dollars total. So my max bid is six. Not a great spot to be in, but you know, I. It's fine. I'll, I'll probably the way I'll probably approach it is spend five or six dollars on one more player because there are still some impact players who could go for that price. And then I'll have to mostly rely on dollar players late, which is not always a great spot to be in. But that's what happens when, you know, you, you do spend up in a couple of spots like I did. And, you know, there are a couple things that like Mondesi for two, maybe getting too cute there. Uh Carlos Estevez for three meant to go two on that one. So, you know, there are a couple spots where I'd feel better about my team if I had made slightly different decisions, but all in all, I'm pretty happy with where things are right now. I think the, the, the hitting especially is in a very good spot. Let's take a look at your pitchers. You've got Justin Verlander, Robbie Ray, and Chris sale as your starters. You've got Doval and Carlos Estevez as your relievers to this point. So uh, you got that ACE. I know, Typically in snake drafts, Chris, you wind up with like two aces and then you jump mm-hmm. back in. Um, was that the plan and you just kind of missed out? What do you think? Yeah, like I would have loved to get Kevin Gosman, but he just went a little too expensive looking at like there weren't a lot of pitchers in that range who went for values. You know, Darvish went for $4 more than Robbie Ray. I've got those two back to back in my rankings, so it wouldn't really have been worth it. I've got I'm a little higher on Robbie Ray than I think you and Scott are. So he is kind of a second ace for me, more like a you know, low end SP two, high end SP three, but I do have faith in him. So it's not that different from my typical strategy, but yeah, I would typically feel better if I had K 
Kevin Gosman or Luis Castillo or, or someone like that. It just wasn't worth the, the price difference. All right. Well, let's take a look at Scott's team now and start off with the hitters. You got Vinny P. Baby. At $17. Jose Altuve at 30. Nolan Arenado at 32. Corey Seeger at 30. Aaron Judge, big spender. $48. Cedric Mullins for 22. Jake McCarthy for 12. Jake Fraley for three. We'll start with your offense, Scott. You were very clearly going stars and scrubs. And then yep. one mid-tier guy, Vinny Pasquantino. <laughs> well, Jake McCarthy's mid-tier too, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, stars and scrubs. This was, I, I mean, I, I guess I can totally let the cat out of the bag now that I'm out of money. And definitely <laughs> in the scrub stage of scar- stars and scrubs. Uh, yes, I you know, as I've talked about before, I'm trying to channel Scott White v. 2015 and before. Because basically, you know, my from the time I started doing this in uh, for CBS in 2007 until the juice ball era, I drafted the same way every time. Emphasizing going very hitter heavy early on, relying on the volatility of starting pitchers, uh, in the good way, like leaning into that volatility by by looking for bargains and breakouts there. And uh, it was a very successful strategy. And part of it was in a salary cap draft, particularly for a shallower league. Want to do it in a deep league, like a 15-teamer or an AL and I'll only prefer 12-team mixed or shallower. Stars and scrubs all the way because I, I'm confident enough in my ability to find low-dollar targets with a lot of upside or to find breakouts on the waiver wire during the season that the scrubs aren't actually scrubs. And yet I get the benefit of having a bunch of like high dollar early round types and and all the production that goes with it. So I'm, I'm trying to return to that. We'll see if now that the juice ball is gone, it becomes an effective strategy for me, but that was definitely the goal here. And I'm pretty happy with the way it turned out. I wanted a higher end second baseman than Nolan Arenado uh, Devers and Machado just went for too much. And, uh, I nominated Arenado while Riley was still out there thinking Riley would also go for more than I was willing to do. It turns out they both went for 32. So I would obviously would have rather had Riley than Arenado. Um, I budgeted 35 for Altuve just because I wanted him so much. I, I thought there was really no second baseman in my mind that came close to making the impact he did. So I was happy to get him for 30, but then I spent those five extra dollars right away going five more than I budgeted on Corey Seager. Again, that was the exact shortstop I wanted. I don't think I, I think he's gonna lead the position in in home runs. Well, maybe not Tatis or O'Neill Cruz. <laughs> um, but otherwise, Seager's Seager's one of very few 30 homer shortstops. Let's put it that way. And, and then, I think there's a chance he's the best batting average shorts at the position, too. He so he was specifically the shortstop I wanted. Of course, I want to judge. He was far and away the best player in this format last year, and I think, I think he'll, I think he'll get between eighty to ninety percent of the way there this year. And uh, and then I was I managed to get enough speed, I think, between Mullins and McCarthy, a combined thirty four dollars on them. That it's okay that my high dollar my my high dollar players um, didn't provide me with much speed. So I'm I'm really happy with the way it's going. We'll see how my two and dollar three dollar players uh, turn out. I don't think they're going to be 
true scrubs. I think they're going to be players I can get excited about, and I'll feel great about my team when all said and done. But it remains to be seen. That's the part of the draft that still has to play out, obviously. I got one of them, Lucas Giolito, for three. And I do like him at that price. Yeah. On the pitching side for Scott, you wound up with Sandy Alcantara, Lucas Giolito, and Ryan Helsley. Um, and obviously, you're going to be in on the, the bidding for some of these upside-y guys uh, in the final stages here of the draft. I'm going to hop out, and I'll let these guys kind of take over, and you guys can rip my team apart while, <laughs> while I'm gone. I'll be right back. All right, let's pull up Frank's team. Let's talk about what he has here. So a very full lineup so far for Frankie. Yeah, which he is has. fun because he has only three players around the 100 pick uh, mark, and now he's drafted like 12 of the last 80 or something. So, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so he has William Contreras as a catcher. So he's got one of the good catchers. That's great. Jose Abreu as his first baseman. I like that. Only $14. Tommy Edmond, second base. Manny Machado, a true stud at third base. You know I like that. Tim Anderson is a shortstop. He's already filled his middle infield spot with Jonathan India, which is a fine pick for the middle infield spot. Already filled corner infield with Anthony Rizzo. Same thing. Fine pick. Kyle Tucker. So between him and Machado, he got two really high-end bats. Uh, Eloy Jimenez and Hunter Renfro. Three of my top 30 in the outfield, which I is a goal in, for me in every five outfielder draft. Uh, and I think... You know, looking at the balance of categories, I, I think it's a good balance. He's got a big speedster in Edmund. He has some stolen bases coming his way from Timmy Anderson and Kyle Tucker. Uh, between Abreu, Machado, Rizzo, Renfro, and Eloy Jimenez, and, and Tucker himself, of course. And Machado himself, I'm not sure if I said him. Power. He's got power. Yeah. So I think he's in a good spot balancing categories. And I... I you know, he hasn't neglected the thin positions considering he already has a third baseman and three outfielders. Uh, and then you look at his pitching staff, a true ace in Garrett Cole, two big strikeout sources in you Darvish and Blake Snell. Snell is a bit combustible, but, you know, uh, there, there, there's plenty of reward with that risk. And then a true closer with Rysel Iglesias. So how much money does he have left? He's doing uh, well in terms $15, of fifteen dollars twenty three max fifteen dollar max bid twenty three dollars total so fifteen dollar max bid nine spots left to fill. Okay. So yeah, uh, I think it's a pretty good spot. I think it's yeah. uh, you know, like like you said, the the hitting categories especially, it feels very balanced. I think it's always tough with runs in particular to know because their runs tend to flow from other categories if you have if you're good in other categories you tend to be good in runs but like jose abreu and Ela jimenez and, and even kyle tucker for an elite player runs are probably going to be an issue for those three guys so I, I do think like if there's a shortage it's probably in runs but that's that's nitpicking and that's something he can address with the hitter spots he has left to fill two of which are outfield spots a lot of outfielders bat high in the lineup mm -hmm. maybe he could go for uh is Brandon Nemo still out there? Yeah, Brandon Nemo's still out there. Frank, you should go for Brandon Nemo. All right. You know, the Good one the one thing is I, I was down. gonna say Nico Horner, but mm. Frank does only have the utility spot left for uh mm. for infielders. So that that would be a tough fit. Yeah. All right. 
All right, sounds good balance, Frank. Sounds you like did I'm well doing, for yourself. Sounds like I'm doing pretty good, huh? Yeah, for being so distracted with your hosting duties, <laughs> I think you're I think you're in a pretty good spot. All right, thanks guys, appreciate it. Here's what we're gonna do on the podcast side of things: we're gonna sign off part two of the podcast, and then we'll pick things up part three here, fantasy baseball today. Spring training is in full swing and fantasy baseball draft season is upon us. That means you need to join us on Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every Monday through Saturday for six pods per week throughout the month of March. We'll break down the latest news, spring training updates, players to target, and much more in just five minutes. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.